RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim's sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. And Jim, I, I can just kind of see that look in your eye. Uh, you definitely got something kind of going on. The, the wheels are turning. Is it, uh, is it religion? Uh, no. Politics. Absolutely no. <laughs> Sports. No. Is it business? I mean, you got a lot of business clients. Uh, no. It's about no, Seth. (laughs) It's about no is on my mind. No is on my mind. I I think no is your most powerful word because it is definitive. Do you want to go see uh, the legend of Hercules with the rock? Uh, No. Doesn't that feel good? No, I don't want to go. No. You know, the average person says Seth has two, maybe 3,000 thoughts a day. But when you're clicking, you're in that zone, that purposeful, calm feeling where nothing can go wrong, you got 30 to 40% less thoughts. And this show's about going on a mental diet. It's about no. It's about saying no to gossip. And a lot of people gossip, and there's hearsay, and there's rumors, and you know, as as we understand it, can increase uh, 20, 22, 25 times faster than uh, something really positive. Uh, so it can really fly through an office, uh, through a community, uh, through a school, and uh, less is more. And, and I think not participating in gossip, rumors, hearsay, passing it on, it's going to serve you well. And is this being selfish? Everybody wants to talk about what's in the news and and kind of regurgitate it. Everybody puts their little spin on it, their stamp of what they think. Politics, religion's been in the paper. Obviously, politics is rampant, uh, especially this time of the year with midterms coming up. No, I'm not going there. And control what you can control. Um, That really is the key. How many meetings... Have you gone to, and you walked out of the meeting going, well, that's a waste of time because there was no agenda, no blueprint for the meeting. Everybody got off track, off subject, got into the minutia, and you walked out of the meeting and you weren't sure what the takeaway was, and you definitely aren't sure what your takeaway was. 
nor you're not sure what your actionable item was. Now, if you're the leader of that meeting, you failed. Yeah, you didn't prepare well. Uh, you didn't prepare to adjust to get the team back on track when you know it got off track. But I, I'm into less meetings or no meetings. And if you're going to have a meeting, make it short to the point, no more than three items. I mean, do we need the meeting that lasts an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, the one that started promptly at 10, but it had no ending? And it just goes on and on. That's a waste of time. It's not productive. And, and the champion is to the point, very decisive. But in order to get your life like that so you can control what you can control, you got to say no. Yeah. You got to say no to, hey, do you want to go out this weekend? Yeah, let me get back to you. You know you're not going to get back to the guy. You, you don't want to go out. You just, you'd just you like to just do nothing around the house. It has nothing to do with him. I just would like to do nothing. Yeah, or, I got it on a red-eye flight or something like that. I'm wh- dead. What, whatever the reason is, it, it's better for you to just say no. But then we have this tendency that we have to qualify the no and tell you why. Well, my grand and, and then some people, you know, use the old white light. Yeah, I mean, my grandmother's coming in, and or my grandmother's sick. I, I need to leave town. Don't even go there. Just I'm not going to be able to make it. That's it. End of end of subject. The answer is no. So this week, you know, I'm really looking for every one of us, and I, I'm going to put myself right there. Let's trim down. Let's go on a mental diet. Let's see if we can get down into the uh, 1,400 thoughts, 1,500 thoughts, 1,200 thoughts. Again, the average person has 2,000 thoughts to 3,000 thoughts. That's by the time you wake up in the morning, by the time you go to bed at night, that thoughtometer is just clicking and it's increasing. Less is more. If you have a blueprint, this becomes even easier. If you've mentally prepared for the week, a mental diet becomes easier. If you've mentally prepared for tomorrow, this definitely becomes easier. You know, there's so many things that we could easily say no. Do you want to think, do you want your fingers smashed in the car door? Seth, I do not want my finger smashed. Yeah, so you know that. that's a no. Do you want to lick the frost off of a ski lift pole? You know what? I, even in second grade, I didn't fall for that one, so that's a no. That's a no. Do you want to swim with a great white shark? I know a guy got uh, killed in Massachusetts. I'm, that's kind of crazy. Do you want to swim with a great... No, the answer is no, I do not. I just look down at all four of my limbs, and I like them all. So yeah, I'm, are, I'm good Are your it. parents uh, still living? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to watch your parents make out, Seth? I do not. <laughs> wow. wow. No. No. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. So, you know, there's obviously many things that we can say no with great certainty and finality. So why is it hard to say no to other people? Why is that? And why is it even more difficult to say no to family, friends, and coworkers? Can I throw something in here that I, I, I bet you've had a lot of new clients realize? When you don't have a blueprint, you really don't know, have any idea how much time you've got in a week. You just you don't know. So it's 
it's easier to get kind of pulled into things you wouldn't normally do because without a blueprint, you don't know where you're going. Uh, it, it's sort of like spending willy nilly out of your checking account without ever knowing the balance. It's like, well, well sometimes you'll be okay. And sometimes you'll bounce a check. And, and you know, Seth, it, it's already the fall. Where did the summer go? It went by in a, in a blink of an eye. And what did we accomplish in the last 90 days? If you could have said no, especially to the minutia of thinking about the, the small stuff and not sweating the small stuff, stuff that doesn't matter, is, would it be possible to have accomplished more things? And this is, shows not just about accomplishing great things. It's also being able to do that, accomplish great things, but it's also being able to be in the moment with your grandson. What's that accomplishing? Well, that that may be the greatest thing. It's being in the moment with my grandson who lives in the moment, and I'm down on the floor playing with toys and uh, having a good time. Uh, These are the moments that really are life-changing, bonding. But because we don't say no in business, um, sometimes even family commitments, uh, we don't have the time to prepare, think, or get it on our hands and knees and play with our, uh, you know, 11-month-old grandson. So, no, that's been on my mind. I, I really believe no could be the new yes. You know, no gets a bad rap. It, it really does. Um, and then we have uh, uh, all kinds of replacements for no. They're stand-ins, uh, fake. Uh, they're imposters. They just buy you time. You know, it helps you kind of weigh your options. Uh, A lot of people are going to catch on to you. I mean, these are frauds. Only postpone the inevitable no. You know no is eventually going to come, so get over it. Say it. Are you coming to the party? I'm not sure. I may be going to see my grandmother in Vermont. You know, she's been kind of sick. Come on, you know you're not going. You wind up blowing this off, and your grandmother's fine, isn't she? She's okay. But we'll have those excuses to postpone it. Hey, let's go eat at that uh, Mexican place on Halstead. Have you heard about that? Uh, is, is it any good? As we answer with a question, uh, that's usually a cover-up of, no, I don't like Mexican. I don't want to go. I, I don't want to go. Hey, you, are you going to the Johnson's open house uh, this weekend? Can I let you know tomorrow? Really? Tomorrow? Yeah, maybe they'll forget by tomorrow. You're, you're not going to go. Will you contribute $25 to the Humane Society? I probably will, but not right now. I'll get back to you. Come on, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't handle the guilt <laughs> by just saying no. And, and we always have to qualify no. No's final. Yeah. And, and we're just afraid of upsetting people. I mean... You know, you can't be a jerk about no uh, and wield it in a derogatory, you know, uh, pompous way, um, a conceited way. Well, and there's also a lot of kindness, right? So it's like, you know, hey, can you volunteer with, uh, you know, the kids soccer team this year or something like that? If you say no, then that head coach who needs some help is free to go find the person they need as opposed to calling you back five times. And you're honestly never going to do it. At that point, you're just you're wasting their time because you can't pony up the word no. Yeah. So the next time somebody said, "Do, do you want to go see that new Cars Four movie?" 
Yeah, I'll see. I heard it was really good. You know you're never going to see Cars 1, 2, or 3 ever. No. No is the new yes. So this week, everyone, uh, put no in the quiver. Uh, it's an arrow in your quiver. And use it judiciously uh, to keep control of your time. And um, also, if you plan your week out, especially on Sunday night, you know what you'll want to accomplish. That's going to help you. That blueprint will help you more readily say no to things that are going to get in the way of your accomplishments. How about the night before? Never have a day you haven't already had. We've talked about that many times on the Jim Fannin Show. Dress, rehearse it. How long does that take? 90 seconds. I mean, you could shut your eyes right this second unless you're driving a car and then keep them open, but what will you accomplish tomorrow? You know, once you put that in first, that I'm going to accomplish one, two, maybe three things at the most, it's easier to say no to everything else to make room for those three things. So let's have shorter meetings this week. Let's say no to things that eventually you're going to be saying no to anyway. Don't postpone the no. Just say, no, I can't make it. Avoid qualifying the no with some lame excuse. And um, let's see if we can get our thoughts down into the uh, 1,200 a day, 1,400 a day. What that really means is if you sleep eight hours a night, you're awake 112 hours a week. And uh, what are those thoughts? And what's that printout of all your thoughts for the week. And if we can reduce those thoughts by eliminating things that don't matter by saying no to it, uh, we're going to be more productive. And now we got more time to hang and do nothing and uh, rejuvenate or play with your grandson or or, or your kids and be in the moment when you're with them instead of looking on your phone uh, in the stands while you're watching a ball game. You, you know, one of the things I think is unique about this episode is that if we were talking about physical health, there's been all these tools that have come out in the last 10 years, right, to where you can't lie to yourself anymore. You, you know, your scale can connect to your phone and you can check your weight up and down every day. You can check your calories. You can check your activity. You can have a really accurate picture of what you're actually doing for your health. However, when it comes to the stuff that's on the inside, to your decision making, to having an overbooked schedule, to being just utterly exhausted and mental exhaustion. Every, uh, every decision you have to make during the day does take up some of that mental energy, right? It, I think it's maybe easier to even lie to yourself and say, I can handle more than I think if you don't have a blueprint. And if you're not ready to say no to just about everything in you know, pursuit of whatever that well-defined ambition is for you at this stage of your life. Most uh, great things that you'll accomplish are going to take some time. It's not like I'm going to write a book, this weekend, you know, that, that, that takes some time. And, um, I need to protect my thoughts when I have something so ambitious as to write a book. I I just had a exit, uh, meeting, uh, with a baseball player, long season, uh, approximately 200 games. That's including spring training. That's an inordinate, almost abusive, amount of time. This person is a catcher also, which really uh, is even more arduous um, being a catcher. Um, He needs emotional endurance, mental endurance. And the one thing he's realized, uh, I have to have less in my mind uh, 
And so I can meditate. I can be silent quite a bit during the season so that I can still be my best at the end of September and obviously right now coming up ready for the playoffs. So in order to do that over a long period of time, uh, saying no will save you mental energy, which will help you have uh, some endurance to make sure those long projects are really met. No is the new yes. And hey, if you don't have a blueprint right now, the blueprint is not something you stick in your head and just try to file it away there because you got too many thoughts going on to keep something like that. If you have not grabbed Jim's book yet, amazon.com, F-A-N-N-I-N, search Jim Fannin, the blueprint. That way when stuff does come up and when it is time to say yes, you have something to adjust off of as opposed to having that mental checking account that you have no idea how much money is in there. You're going to be able to, to move forward on the really big stuff that matters. You got to get it done, though. You can't just keep, keep trying to keep this stuff in your head. If I know where my life's going, yeah, you got to be able to see uh, it. The main, the main premise of this book is to take deep dives into every aspect of your life, uh, visions, goals, tasks, key people, um, even understanding the challenges. And that's not just for your life. That's for every facet of your life because you're, you're, you're more than uh, – um, a producer of the show, you know, you're a father to be we're like, like really soon, like uh, in a day or so. And uh, which is very exciting, but you know, that's a totally different arena with different visions, different goals. So that's what the book does. It, it has so many examples of every one of my clients all uh, pulled together for your benefit. Once you read the book, you're going to be able to have your life on one sheet of paper that would be refreshing. And every time I've done that for a client, they're like, wow, there's my life. I'm, I'm at a higher place looking upon it. There's a big circle that has my wellness and I've got my wellness vision right there on the sheet of paper. But here's my financial vision. Here's my vision for my friends. Uh, here's the vision and uh, corresponding goals for my business, uh, my relationship, my parenting. That's the point of the blueprint. And once you have it in writing, you're more likely to commit to it. Now it's going to be easier to say no and stop wasting time. Now you can have a great life work balance. And, you know, simplicity and balance, come on, that's what it's all about. It's also about slowing down life. I mean, life's going by quick. I mean, I'm shocked that I'm going to be 69 soon. It's like, what? What happened? I, I remember uh, lots of things decades ago, but they were very vivid and fresh in my mind. So the key is slowing everything down. And uh, that's what the best athletes in the do, uh, the do right now on the playing field. That's what the stars of this past weekend in football slow down the game. Let your eyes double, triple shutter speed by being in a zone moment. That's how you live your life. And that's how you get more pleasure out of your life, more satisfaction out of your life. And uh, that's also have you, how you have great accomplishments. No is the new yes. Let's talk about uh, who's in the zone. So this was quite the week we had uh, some business stuff going on some entertainment stuff going on and some massive upsets 
and college football and whether or not that's kind of your thing, man, you got to realize that there is, there's a metaphor. There's an example in here that you can apply to anything. And you saw one of these live. Right? I, I was at Ryan field, Northwestern Evanston, Illinois this weekend, Saturday night. And, uh, I'm coaching, uh, some players on the Akron university. Akron University had not beaten a Big Ten team, this is David Goliath, since 1894. And when they won in 1894, the coach of Akron was John Heisman of the Heisman Trophy fame. That John Heisman, (laughs) they beat, uh, I think they beat Ohio State, 1894. So what happens, you know, Big schools that have big budgets, big recruiting budgets, uh, great talent, great facilities, high-priced coaches. They pay pay these little schools over a million dollars. It happened three times this week. Hey, listen, uh, would you like to come in and play us? Um, we're Troy University. Oh, wow. You want us to come in and play? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and you're going to pay us $1.2 million, I'm in. And so they pay small schools to bolster their win, their wins and uh, come in and play us. We're going to beat the daylights out of you. And uh, that's exactly what happened to three schools, and one of them is the one I witnessed, and uh, that was literally shocking. <laughs> and so here I am in Ryan, Ryan Field, uh, Akron is getting beat 21 to three at half. And, uh, the next thing I know, Akron upsets Northwestern 39, 34, David defeats Goliath. And thank you very much for the million dollars. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> and, and this happened to Troy university. Yeah. 24 to 19 over Nebraska. I'm pretty sure the whole state is in a, um, in a just a, a mindset of mourning, of mourning right know, now. Yeah, and, and go look it up. Most people don't know where Troy is. It's in Alabama. Check it out. Uh, and the other uh, was, I believe, Arkansas lost to North Texas State. Yeah, I, I have to point out that their mascot is the Mean Green. And I'm not even sure what that means, but whatever it means, they won 44 to 17 over Arkansas. Uh, what it means is they're very mean. <laughs> they're very mean. It should be Soylent Green. <laughs> so that's uh, $3 million plus paid to small schools to come in so we can beat you. And they walked away with a million bucks each and a W against a bigger school. Congratulations, all three teams. Akron Zips, you're in the zone. Before we move on real quick here, just the mindset of being down that much to a big school and also being intimidated by a big, passionate home, you know, home, stadium, crowd, home sure. crowd. Yeah. What do you take into the locker room in a situation like that? As a, you know, if, if you're coaching Akron, you know, this does not look great. This is what you were getting paid to do is get beat up. You know, something happened in there. To well, the I, I'm certain. Well, I already know this, that uh, the coach talked about the positives from the her- first half. You know, yes, we're down 21-3. However, Akron had 140-plus yards in penalties and still won. I don't know how you win with that many penalties. And their defense really was the difference. And every player was challenged individually about their matchups. Can you beat that guy? Yes. Can you beat this guy? 
I can. Can you be? Next thing you know, you got 11 guys that can beat the other 11 guys or match up the other 11 guys, and that's a middle linebacker matching up with a quarterback watching his eyes who did telegraph a few passes, and that's why they had a few picks for touchdowns. So um, it's that belief that I can do this. I can. And everybody's taking responsibility, accountability, looking in the mirror, just do your individual part. And, of course, that that makes a great whole. And um, it's pretty exciting uh, to see David uh, whip Goliath. Three times. Three times. (laughs) Let's analyze another performer in, um, in the zone here. This one's a a little bit of a unique spin. John Legend, who, of course, is best known as a singer, became uh, what's called an EGOT now, and only a handful of people in entertainment history has ever done this. Uh, He wound up winning an uh, Emmy for producing, so he now has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Uh, By the way, he's got uh, 10 Grammys, so so, you know he's like a E-G-G-G-G-G-G-O-T. So few people do this, are able to use their skill sets in different arenas consistently, and by the way, this took him 12 years. I mean, he won his first Grammy back in uh, 2006. So many people who maybe even have the raw talent don't. Well, let's talk about how he, he could possibly do this. And I haven't spoken to John Legend, uh, but I do suspect uh, understanding greatness and, and what it takes to be great. And this is definitely a great performer. He has a, a very vivid imagination. He dips into the right side of his brain. But he's also capable of not just seeing the project finished in all of these different uh, uh, situations, but he's seeing the audience reaction. And so he gets what the audience needs, what the audience wants, and he's using his creativity to deliver that. And he's done it in all these different formats. But it's still his legend, creativity, and legend imagination that really uh, has done this. Obviously, he's got a great voice. Uh, But he's reaching out to the individuals that are listening, seeing, and experience everything that he's created. And that really is his talent to take imagination and turn it into reality. And then the takeaway is what people think and how they talk and how they react to each of those experiences, especially when they leave the theater, uh, turn off the TV, uh, what are those takeaways? Pleasure, um, I've learned something, I've felt something, and uh, obviously uh, whatever they experienced, they wanted to share. And that sharing of an experience from a John Legend uh, project is really what's made him great. And that's not the only, you know, kind of big surprise from the Emmys last night. There's a show you may not have seen that's actually on Amazon called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel about a 1950s housewife who, you know, finds out she has a knack for stand-up comedy. This took home five awards last night. And, you know, what's so fascinating about TV right now is if you're a consumer, it's great that there's so many good shows. If you are a a content creator, what might have made you a star in 1994 now doesn't even cut it. You're going to get canceled. So the the competitive level has gone up so much in entertainment. What kind of mindset, what kind of tactics does it take to rise to the top when you're brand new? I think you really need to know the audience, and, and that's with any product or any service, and you have to 
know how the, not just the demographic, but you got to know the psychographic of really what's happening, what people want, and even more importantly, what they need in their lives. And you need to know how to capture that. Um, I I watched uh, the first couple of episodes uh, of the series Kidding with Jim Carrey, and I was fascinated. And, I mean, he's a great uh, comedic actor. He can do anything, his facial expressions. But um, just watching that, I was not only hooked by it, that I had to see the next one, uh, but here I am talking about it. Uh, Why am I talking about it? Uh, His performance, the writers, the producers, they've almost made me talk about it because I experienced it and, and I had some pleasure from watching it. And that's definitely what's happened to this uh, uh, Mrs. Meisel uh, winning five Emmys. People are talking about it. People are sharing it. I have not seen it, but I, I, I have to see it. Oh, now, now, now you're hooked in, right? I'm hooked in. One other footnote on this story is, uh, you know, that this is pre- produced by Amazon. And I just went back to this photo when we just looked at it before the show started. Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, you know, 20 years ago was uh, in his basement with a hand-painted sign that said Amazon.com by his desk, taping boxes of books together to ship out himself. And the guy could see all this happening, like being a TV content producer that wins Emmys. And, and, you know, and, and what's, look- an, what's the Amazon River noted for? All of its thousands of tributaries. I mean, wow. he didn't, he didn't I just, never thought of it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't name it Amazon for nothing. Uh, he's talking about the Amazon River, a flow of water and energy. He's got a flow of uh, uh, all types of products. And uh, yes, it's pretty amazing what he's done from a, a basement. And he, even uh, he eventually turned his garage into the distribution center as well. Yeah, he. <laughs> You know, everybody thinks he's the greatest thing in the world now because of what he's accomplished. If you go back to the early days, you can find article after article of this guy's delusional. I mean, he's got a screw loose. This is never going to work. But he was thinking B to A, Seth. You know, he he was thinking, what will people be thinking, doing? What will their lifestyle be uh, once they've experienced this new Internet, which was brand new? Uh, when he came on the scene, again, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about the audience. Yeah. What do they want? What do they need? So if you're a startup right now and you're looking to get into that internet game, um, when your content's out there, what are people doing with it? How are they sharing it? And uh, how do they think and how do they feel? And uh, whatever you want them to be, that needs to be your agenda, and that needs to be how you've slanted the content, the marketing uh, for products and services. And we've, we've got to pull one more piece of Emmy stuff here. Uh, director Glenn Weiss actually uh, he proposed to his girlfriend uh, last night, and uh, you know, I mean that that just made Twitter collectively tear up. But beyond an, an amazing story of a couple, there they also pulled everybody else into the present. I mean, you have to be paying attention to that if you see that happen in front of you. And, and he, he not only did, he got down on one knee. His mother passed away a couple of weeks earlier, and uh, uh, he gave his fiance his mother's ring. Uh, and, of course, that brought a lot of tear to everyone's eye. And uh, uh, the good news is she said yes. How bad would that have been if she said 
no is the new yes. No. <laughs> no. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go there. You're crazy. You're a crazy person. Uh, I mean, I like you. I'm not sure I love you forever. No. <laughs> not the shout out you would and like I li- And I yet. loved your mother. She's, she's awesome. But uh, no, I don't want to get married. Anyway, uh, she luckily said uh, yes. I think he knew that in advance. Hey, Jim, I think I really owe uh, our new sponsor a huge debt of gratitude because they saved Christmas. Vivid Seats saved Christmas for me because Amanda wanted some tickets for Christmas. She told me they're on sale. I forgot. And guess who bailed me out? Vivid Seats. I <laughs> like did. it. I, well, and we all love a night out. I mean, that's except whether you're uh, seeing your favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. Uh, Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. It is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. And you can sort by price, look for seats in the section, and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your First purchase with Vivid Seats, that's going to save you even more money. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, V-I-V-I-D-S-E-A-T-S. Download that app. Use the promo code INFLUENCE, I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E, and you'll get your 10% off the first purchase with Vivid Seats. And every purchase is backed by 100% Buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code INFLUENCE, 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seats, and maybe you'll be like Seth, and you'll be bailed out (laughs) so that your wife's not mad at you. Let's dip into the world of baseball here real quick because, you know, we are in September, which means uh, teams go into these uh, expanded rosters, which means there's more potential pro players as teams get ready for the for the playoffs. And there isn't one that I that I thought deserved kind of highlighting as a breakout star right now. But just the fact that so many of these athletes are in a situation where it is truly it's now or never. You're putting well, on the big uniform and it um, happens or it doesn't. It's a moment of truth. Uh, let's face it, speaking of legend, this is where legends are made in October uh, at the end of the season where, you know, your team needs to make the playoffs. Yes, the roster's expanded. Uh, they're bringing you up because you're going to get a shot at some point, one inning, one at bat, uh, or they wouldn't have brought you up. And uh, when the money's on the table, that's when you need to say no to anything and everything except the basics. Just say yes to the basics. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. I throw baseballs to targets with late-breaking nasty stuff. That's it. That's all I do. And uh, I had a client call me late last night, or early this morning, uh, in a situation like this, and was talking about his 2019 contract possibilities and uh i hung up on him (laughs) and and so he he calls me back and he goes oh i'm sorry i must have uh, hung up on you i said no i I hung up on you why i said seriously you're gonna ask me why i've been with you a year 
and we're talking about your contract and you've got two starts left in the season and you're concerned about your contract, lock in, get into the moment. I have no future. I have no past. My goal is to make the present last. Get into the moment. That's where history is made. The ones that lock in in the present tense, forget the future, forget the past. You learn from it, obviously, the past. You're prepared for the future, definitely. But being in the moment when the money's on the table, executing the basics, well, that's how you pick up the money. Uh, Anyway, uh, he did realize that. And uh, after our brief conversation, and he's back in the trench uh, ready for the next couple of games. And and that's really the key. Um, T-R-Y. Most of us, when we have a big opportunity, a big speech, maybe, I, maybe I've never given a big speech, and here it is. I'm on the stage. Um, there's a tendency to try really hard because we've been trained try hard. In fact, we've even looked up in the stands and seen our parents with both fists clenched and their jaw taut, you know, come on, Jimmy, you can do it. And and now I furrow my brow as the young performer with dad in the stands and mom in the stands wanting me to try and show them that I'm giving effort. Try, T-R-Y, to ruin yourself. The best in the world look like they're not trying. The best in the world look effortless. The body needs to become a slave to the mastermind, your mastermind. And the jaws unhinged, can't be in the zone. Lest the jaws unhinged, tongues flopping. That's why Jordan stuck his tongue out when he went to the hole with a minute to go and the game is on the line. So uh, at this time of the year, uh, we've got golf, the FedEx Cup. Relax. Execute the basics especially during the moments of truth, and say no to anything else. Be in the moment. Before our next in the zone moment here. So you've had some vehicles you loved over the years. You've had some cars you loved, right? I had a 63 Valiant. I'm not going to tell you the name. It was brown. We called it a very bad thing. And, and, <laughs> and my, my, fr- my, fr- my friends did. And uh, yeah, 63 Valiant uh, is a slant six. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go very fast. And, uh, yes. Okay. So that's maybe the car you have the most positive memories about. I have memories from that car. <laughs> I have memories. He yeah. didn't use the word positive. I have lots of memories of that car. Yes. Pushing it on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> well, 17 years ago, a guy named uh, Wesley Ryan sold his 1993 Mustang to help uh, pay for his wife's medical bills. Uh, she was battling through ovarian cancer. A 63 Mustang GT, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, His beloved car? Yes. And so, you know, it's gone. You move on. Maybe you think about it once in a while. Believe it or not, 17 years later, his kids found it for sale. And you're like, okay, come on. But it could be another one with the same paint job and everything. No, they found a couple of dings, a couple of little unique marks to realize it was the exact same car. They looked at the mileage. This was the exact same car. Uh, and, uh, you know, his his wife, their mom, has fully recovered now. 
they bought it back and made him uh, just randomly go to Kohl's and they Kohl's the department store. Yeah, I think that's more Midwestern. If you don't have one where you're from, it's a department store. He had a name for his car. He had a name for his car. Christine. They blindfolded him, spun him around, took off the blindfold, and there was Christine, his beloved Mustang that he'd been separated from for nearly two decades. I I saw the video. I covered his mouth in shock, and there he was face-to-face. Same car that he had sold to help the family 17 years earlier. Uh, Well, uh, son Jake, daughter Jenny, uh, Laura, who's now cancer-free, you're in the zone. That's a family in the zone. (laughs) It's great to make the old man cry and tear up. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, I teared up. Uh, I've been crying more lately when I hear good news. Don't you cry when you're happy? Don't you cry when you're sad? And, uh, yeah, that's that's one that is a feel-good story, zone story. And there's another thing going on this week that if you happen to be neighbors with Brody Allen's parents, uh, he's a two-year-old who actually is suffering from brain cancer right now. Uh, the family actually went ahead and decorated for Christmas. So they have, I mean, if you think that, uh, you know, somebody in your neighborhood has the ultimate Christmas setup, I mean, they have really gone out for this, uh, this family in Ohio to have the ultimate Christmas setup so that their son can look out the window every day. And, uh, and you know, even though it's, uh, you know, we're getting towards October, he can see Christmas decorations. Uh, the entire neighborhood, the whole suburb. I think it's uh, Colerain Township, uh, a suburb of Cincinnati. Uh, he can see an inflatable Minnie and Mickey Mouse, a snowman, Santa Claus, tree on the yard. Uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. They've decorated the entire cul-de-sac. They've made Christmas for him just in case. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a tearjerker. Um, it doesn't take a lot to make somebody happy, you know? And um, uh, even though that was a lot for a community, uh, what they did, not just for that kid, um, boy, that's a feel-good story for everybody involved. Yeah, and a lot of times, even in your own neighborhood, more than anything you do, it's just you. It's just the positivity, the presence you bring to, you know, to being in a situation as somebody's having a down day. Maybe they just need a smile and a positive word from you because nobody else is going to give it to them. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate, Seth, is giving and uh, really not seeking anything in return. You're just you're just giving because you're giving and uh, someone needs it and, and you just do it and you don't want anything. You don't even want the ad- adulation from it. Uh, you just do it because it's the right thing to do and you're capable of doing it. Those you say yes to. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, we've got uh, somebody who is in the zone who I would call a pretty, uh, a pretty stout moral test here. Uh, he, he's a 16. 16- uh, and we're in a, I think, uh, a time where uh, when you hear this story, how many people would not have done this? Yeah. Would have said no, no to what this kid did. Set this up, Seth, because this is pretty amazing. This happened in uh, uh, Santa Barbara, California, high school junior. Yeah, so his name is uh, uh, Rami Zini, and he was driving home from school. He's a purse in the middle of the road, and he pulls up to, uh, to get it, you know, grabs the purse, opens it up to see if maybe there's a driver's license in there or something, trying to be a good citizen. $10,000 in there in cash in cash, which before we go on, 
maybe don't carry around ten thousand dollars in cash just as a rule for just about everybody that's that's a lot of cash your money is safer in a checking account holy cow uh he didn't even hesitate uh he contacted the police the sheriff's office came out uh they were able to to contact the owner and he gave the money back she flipped him a hundred dollar tip basically for uh for doing the right thing and she says she left it on the roof of the car and she drove away and uh $10,000, high school student, could have easily taken that, put it in his pocket. He could have taken five grand in his pocket and turned it in. Uh, nine grand, all of it, not turned it in. There are many things that he could have done, uh, and he did the right thing. And the answer from him was, what if this would have happened to me? Is that the golden rule? Do unto others as yeah. you would have them do unto you? That's the golden rule, absolutely pure as can be. So, uh, Rami, you're in the zone. And also, we're, we are going to say, you definitely have had some parents, teachers, and positive influences in the zone, too, to be like that at 16. So you, you've got good people yeah, around Yeah, a- acorns don't fall far from the tree. So, you know, kudos really go out to his mom and dad and the people around him. You've raised one awesome son. So congrats on that. Jim, you ready for a little uh, mailbag here? Oh, let's do it. I'm I'm fired up. Okay. One of my uh, favorite parts of the show, you can send your questions, your thoughts, your feedback to askjim at jimfannin.com. That's F-A-N-N-I-N, askjim at jimfannin.com. Hey, Jim, if you had to pick, would you rather coach a baseball team that goes on a late season run and wins a wild card if you were trying to win the World Series than just be good all season long? Well, I, I would rather be good all season long, but I mean, there's no question that the thrill of making a late charge and getting in, uh, they're two totally different scenarios, uh, but if I'm coaching a team, uh, I would want them to be good and reaching a high standard from the first game in spring, out of spring training all the way to the playoffs, uh, but there's nothing more fun <laughs> Then making that late uh, September charge to get into the playoffs, get a wild card, and uh, even better, go on to win the World Series. That that would be uh, kind of a rags to riches. But if I'm coaching them, why are we in the rags? So that you know that that that's my first thought on that. Yeah, you know, if I can piggyback off what the the listener had to say here, too. Is there almost like a moment where you've historically seen these these wild card teams in baseball where they almost kind of give up in a way and that kind of gets them loose again. Then all of a sudden they start winning and make a run at it. I think that happens. I I think you detach from uh, uh, the world series, uh, the playoffs and, and then you just kind of relax. Next thing you know, that's the missing agreement relaxation. And you get into a little flow of energy. And next thing you know, you got a zone run going and uh, you wake up and go, we're in this thing. Let's go for it. I, I think the, the challenge for a team that makes that last run to get in is that they expend so much energy getting there. Their goal is to get into the playoffs. It's really not to uh, be at the peak during the World Series. Uh, they expend so much energy. A lot of time there's a uh, – once they finally get in, let's say they win the wild card, uh, then they lose uh, four games and they're out uh, in the playoffs. So this is about managing energy. Um, but 
getting in's getting in no matter how you do it. You got to get in. Yeah. And so if you are from that coming from behind thing, do you have to just kind of just kind of temper your emotions a little bit? I mean, you want to stay up, but not. No, I think you got to go, go all the way. You got to go all in and you're not going to get in. It's all all hands on deck. It's uh, full alert. Uh, but you have to find that flow of energy where there's synchronicity on the team. And uh, it is contagious and it is exciting. It is fun. It really rallies the uh, uh, probably complacent fan base uh, to make that last charge of the year. Uh, so it is exciting. But for me, I'd rather win wire to wire, <laughs> quite frankly. Let's go ahead and uh, do something that you need every week. You need every day. And, and I realized that I needed a score check, which we're going to walk you through actually Saturday morning of this week. So, Jim, I would say that I had one of the, the kind of best business days I, I've had in quite some time on a Friday. Everything hit. Everything I would have seen and wanted to go right did. And then I woke up on Saturday morning and I'm like, just kind of, you know, putting on some coffee. And I'm like, what? Are, why am I bummed out? Wow. Score check. Once you're in the zone, you realize you're in the zone. You're not and, in it anymore. And you're only as great as the day after greatness, Seth. You're only as, it's easy to have those great days, party hardy, celebrate. And then the next day, the next day, maybe even the next day, uh, you slack off. Lions don't always hunt when their belly's full. So let's talk about score. In 1974, and uh, Zoniacs that listen to this program on a regular basis know this, but I discovered five markers that trigger natural chemicals in the body. And these five markers, when they're at a high level, each and collective, a phenomenon of the zone arrives. And there's a physical change and a mental change and an intuitive change once you get into the state. But it's all predicated on these five markers of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. And they're individual standalone markers, but collectively, they pack a wallop of power to let you become David to defeat Goliath. And that's how it's done. So the zone phenomenon, it's in you right now. Everybody has that ability to attract the zone right this second. Your eyes can double, sometimes even triple shutter speed. That slows everything down. Gives you an illusion that it's in slow motion, although it's not. Um, skin sensitivity is heightened. Uh, blood is diverted from the stomach to the brain for clarity. Uh, and the rest of the blood goes to your large muscles for inordinate quickness, speed, agility, and strength. Um, of course, that transfer of blood from your stomach to the rest of the body, that's called the butterflies. So you're not nervous. You're getting ready to get into a peak performance zone state. Jaw goes unhinged. Breathing decreases to six to eight breaths a minute. So you've got this calmness about you based on serotonin being flooded into the uh, bloodstream. And so this purposeful calm, and when I say purposeful, you know exactly what you need to do, when you need to do it, how you need to do it, and when you're in the zone, you don't need to think about it because your subconscious mind is on autopilot. It takes over. Um, you don't need to reason. There's no emotion 
over-reasoning. And, um, and then you've got this other benefit that is amazing, and I'm in awe of it, and that's our intuition. That's when we start picking up data, information, long distance, 360 around you, um, and you just kind of know. That's that sixth sense. And it's real-time information that a conscious mind does not possess. So to frame our score check, it's a little simple awareness focusing tool. We call it the Zone Cafe, where you can come in and order whatever you want to order. Um, But you can do it just like Seth did uh, on a Saturday after a very productive Friday uh, to get back into the zone and lengthen the zone. Now, you're responsible for each of those markers, and your overall performance is only as strong as its weakest link. Self-discipline, that's first. Concentration, well, you got to be able to have a place to focus your energy. Self-discipline gives you those goals and vision. Optimism, you got to believe you can do it. You got to expect you can do it. Uh, Relaxation, you need need to be comfortable doing it. And uh, enjoyment, and you got to love doing it and do what you love. But even more than love doing the uh, task, whatever it is, you got to love the challenge. It's like Akron coming out in the second half. They met the challenge. Northwestern could have come out and just buried and, and uh, Akron zips, but it didn't happen. Uh, again, lions don't hunt when their belly's full. I think Northwestern's belly was full. And uh, uh, Akron came out in the second half in the zone. You control whether you want to be in the zone or not. You can chase it away uh, by not saying no to all these things around you and letting too many thoughts get into your mind. And the next thing you know, you're mediocre uh, or or less. So if you're looking for peak performance, which of these markers do you need? So let's say you're right now in a car and you're pulling up to our Zone Cafe. You can order only one of these ingredients, only one. Self-discipline, we're we're cooking up a slab of that back here, hot off the griddle. Concentration, that's going to help you narrow your focus. You can order optimism, well, that's going to help. Uh, that, that'll make you feel like you're 6'8". If you're only 5'8", you'll feel like you can do more than you need to do. That's how you tackle Goliath with a big dose of optimism. But you might need relaxation, and, and that way you won't try too hard. You'll unhinge your jaw. You'll breathe when the money's on the table. But maybe, maybe you need a pep in your step. Maybe you need to get excited, especially if you have challenges. So which one would you order? Ask yourself right now, what do I need? What's missing in my performance, in my work? What's missing in my relationships? What is missing in my kids if I'm a dad or if you're a mom? What's the missing link in Jack? And what's the missing link in Joey? And what's the missing link in... Lincoln, uh, Barbara, my kid, walk through each of your children. What do they need to be the best that they can be? You're only as strong as the weakest link. And by realizing what you need in yourself, 
Well, that's going to help you as a leader. It's going to help you as a, a leader of a household, leader of a company or a department. It's going to help you observe score levels and other people. Everybody on this planet has a higher low level of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation at any given time. And again, these are not just individual. They have formed your overarching attitude about anything and everything. So they rise and fall collectively as a unit. What do you need, Seth? You know, I actually think I want to go with the theme of the show here. You know, parenthood is going to happen any day now. And so I just want to really double down on concentration uh, because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an exciting critical moment and I want to be handling business. I want to be handling family. And then after that, no is probably the answer that, that that's going to come out of my mouth. I, I need some concentration. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm so happy for you because you're going to be smacked right in cold reality how important the moment is in the present uh, because your kid is going to be locked into the moment and uh, no future, no past, uh, you know, they just want the present to last and, uh, and you'll be right there. And I want you to share that with them, that present tense uh, uh, observation, present tense being. Uh, I think the first time when you have, have a kid, uh, you may be overcome with, uh, what I need to do in the future, huh, I need to make more money. Oh, my goodness. What if we have another kid? Blah, blah, blah. And you get into that scenario. Oh, I, you know. <laughs> even pre-birth, I've thought about college expenses. I mean, you know. <laughs> you already thought about college. Uh, and, um, and and then it's also, it's easy to get into, uh, into the past of shoulda, coulda, woulda, and what you need to do and could do. And uh, so... Um, I, I really have got so much confidence uh, just to talk about you, Seth, uh, as a father, because I know you put a lot of energy and you becoming the best that you can be. So you can be the best dad that you can be. And um, what an exciting time. I'm uh, you're blessed and, uh, and I'm fired up uh, for you. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah. it's definitely life changing. The life you thought you had will never happen again. <laughs> but you'll dig it. You'll yeah. dig it. You can always get a babysitter later, Seth, so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm um, optimism uh, is, is something that I, I'm going to even more, uh, the more optimistic. But I, I'm looking at it a little bit differently. I want more and more optimism for my clients. And... Um, whatever challenges are, are placed on my table by them, uh, I want to make sure that I'm seeing uh, into the future. I'm seeing a solid pathway, solid options, definite solutions, and not dwell on the P-R-O-B-L-E-M that's been uh, put on my desk. Uh, and so the more confidence and the more optimism I have, I know it's going to be contagious and will spread to my clients so that they can tackle whatever challenges that they have. And and I'm definitely this week going to go back and say no to them, uh, each client, and uh, so that they can share that in their life and say no more. Um, you know, we're at a time right now where anything is possible Anything is possible. 
because of the internet, more businesses are being started that at any time in history, if you have an idea and get motivated, get inspired, get fired up. Um, I know margins are thinner in business. Uh, I know competition's ferocious. And, and yes, we talked about TV shows and the plethora of all the content that's out there. But that also says that the small guy, the Davids, uh, can rise up and defeat Goliath, the big networks. I mean, the big networks are like freaking out. And um, it is possible. But, you know, it's always been possible. I saw Rocky one. Over the weekend, okay. I, I couldn't. But I haven't seen Rocky one in decades, and he wrote that himself, starred in it himself, got the music uh, with his brother, uh, was rejected over and over and over by every major studio. He did it back then when there was no internet present. There was no Hulu. There was no Netflix. So it's been done for a long time. If you have a vision, you have a dream, you see it through, say no to everything that doesn't matter, narrow your focus. And, of course, when you expend that kind of energy, you do need to take some mental relaxation time to replenish that energy. But I think at any time because of technology – Now's the time to make stuff happen. And it doesn't matter if you're 68, 69, 70. It doesn't matter. Get in the game. Get in the game. And it doesn't matter if you're 14 or 15. That's obvious. Uh, there's a lot of people making a lot of money, living a life that a lot of people would like to have. Why not you? Yeah. You know, that just hit with me that... Uh uh, Clint Eastwood, I just read, didn't didn't win an Oscar until he was sixty two years old. Uh, you know, a guy from your neck of the woods who wound up cooking up some chicken and had business failure after business failure until he was in his sixties, and then look what happened. We're talking about Harlan. We are. <laughs> well, we probably need to use the the his uh, the restaurant Colonel. name, the Colonel. <laughs> uh, you know, Harlan was a friend of mine. Yeah. Are you? Did I make that clear on the, one of the episodes? I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. Harlan Sanders uh, was a friend of my mom. Uh, they may have had a relationship. I don't want to get into that. I don't know anything about it. But in any event, she went to school near where his first store was. So she's no, she had known him for decades. I finally meet him. Uh, this is when he was just getting started. And he was going around selling his uh, uh, broilers. And then all of a sudden, no one wanted his broilers, but they sure wanted his chicken. Because he was uh, demonstrating the broilers in all these restaurants. Uh, and it wasn't the broiler that they were interested in. They go, how did you make that chicken so good? Uh, I got a secret formula I can't tell you. And that became the secret ingredients, the, the seven spices or whatever it was. And um, he's amazing. Now, the last time I saw Harlan, I was on, uh, I'd come to Chicago in 1977 or no, let me see when that was. It's a long time ago. 77, 78. Uh, I'm on Oprah's first show, which was not the Oprah Winfrey show. It was with Rob Weller. It was, I believe, Good Morning Chicago. So it was Oprah Winfrey, Rob Weller co-hosting. 
and I had a tennis tot franchise. I'd sold 43 of them here in Chicago. And lo and behold, in the green room, there's Harlan Sanders. And he looked at me and he goes, can you believe they got two hillbillies on this show? <laughs> How's your mother? How's your mom? I go, Harlan, how you doing? And uh, the colonel obviously uh, was legendary, and he still is. He still is legendary even long after he's gone with his image and likeness. Absolutely. And so, you know what? That's it, David That's David uh, kicking Goliath. It, it's, a, it's a guy from a small town in Kentucky starting a restaurant that I believe is now like Dubai and all over around the world. I mean, just Kentucky to Dubai. Uh, there's only one rule in life to be successful. You know what that rule is? Well, there are that? no rules. There are no rules to be successful. You get to define what success is for you. And it's not just being a billionaire. It's not being a millionaire. And that's not success. It's what you define as success. And the most successful people that I've met have just been great dads. Or they've been great moms. They've been great friends. And those are successful people. And again, it's not how much money you have in your bank account. Can you do both? Yeah, you can make billions and be a great father and a great mom. It is possible. But you get to define your success. So this week, as you go back into your life, say no to things that don't matter. Say yes to a blueprint for your life. Say yes definitely to a blueprint for the week and know that you can make a difference. And being in that zone state, well, that's going to help you be your best and listen to your intuition. Listen to it and act on it and do it. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. Have an awesome, awesome week. is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence. I hope you enjoy this episode. Jenna Burns, uh, the Senior Vice President of the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Now, I certainly don't like when when you're going through the process and the interviewee um, is takes an approach like um, like they would be doing you a favor to say yes, because I think that that when you are finding a good fit, it has to be beneficial for both parties. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think it a lot of times it necessarily isn't what someone's trying to ask. It's just how they ask it. Um, but I know like if someone is, is asking about like, Hey, can you, can you walk me through my, what the clear expectations of this role are? Um, then that's, that's great. Like, absolutely. Let's talk about that. Um, I also, well, I also don't mind, you know, if someone asks about compensation early in the process, because, you know, what if it's not a good fit for, you know, for either one, um, then I certainly don't want to continue down this path if it's, you know, if we're going to get almost to the goal line and then it's going to be a, you know, I thought this would be a different package. So I'm okay with people asking questions all the, all the way along, um, as long as they're questions that are going to help provide clarification for either side on whether or not it's a good fit. Leveling the playing field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.